Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. You know, we couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. So we want to take a moment and say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herb Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience. And Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Megan Davidson. Megan has been uh, an athletic director, but she is currently the uh, coach at Moorhead State University in Moorhead, Kentucky. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, well, we're excited to uh, uh, hear what's going on in your part of the country and, and see what you can share with our listeners. Well, Megan, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school, and, and maybe how a love of sports uh, got you to, um, at this point, uh, at Moorhead State. Yeah, of course. So I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I grew up, I think, starting at the age of like three or four, four playing soccer. Um, you know, through my early education, I played soccer, basketball, volleyball, uh, softball. I was on the track and field team, did a stint with the wrestling team just because they had one other girl. My dad was a coach. He said, come on to practice every day. We'll, we'll, you'll be able to have a partner. And I was like, OK, sure, I'll do that. Um, so sports was always a large part of my life. Um, I don't remember a day or season that I didn't play something or was active with something uh, sport related. So that was a huge, important part of my life. Um, and then going into high school, I narrowed it down to just softball, played basketball, but was a little grueling on the knees as I was a catcher playing softball. So um, I was playing softball year round um, through high school. Um, and then my senior year, I was working with the basketball team and the football team as like a student assistant, um, working with video, um, you know, kind of helping with the athletic trainer and just doing some on-field game day stuff um, with coaches and getting my experience with that. Um, and then looking to college, um, I didn't get my start to like the select level softball until I was in high school. So I kind of put a damper on the recruiting process and then um, you know, that's a little too late to get started, as most people know. And um, so also in high school, I had uh, as a catcher, I had a thumb injury on my catching hand, um, kind of sprayed my thumb. And I was just feeling the pain of being a catcher for all those years. So I just decided not to kind of endure that for four more years at the collegiate level. And um, I really looked for something in college that would um, continue my love of softball and love of sport. 
um, but not at the playing level. And um, I was able to attend the University of Akron um, and I had previously spoke with the coaches um, and they had student assistants um, through their, uh, you know, that they were able to help out with practices. And I was like, that, that's perfect for me. I'm still able to enjoy the game, but from the sideline instead of getting up every day and doing the, the grueling activities. Um, so I was able to do that for my time at um, the University of Akron and got my degree in sports management. Um, I loved every part of that. Um, that was kind of putting my love of sport together with my great leadership skills that I learned through jobs, through playing, through different, um, different things throughout the years. So I got my degree in sport management. And then actually in a few days, I will be finishing my master's at the University of Cincinnati um, with my master in sport administration. Wow, we, I, I didn't uh, remember that part of uh, Dr. Dave Kelly's uh, program. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, Dr. Kelly. All right. Well, you and I were talking uh, before we came on about you know the, the impact that injuries have uh, and not you know, always catastrophic injuries, just, you know, kind of the, those nagging injuries that uh, don't allow an athlete to, uh, you know, play at their highest level. So, uh, it, but again, it, it kind of knocks, at least in our cases, you know, knocks us into that coaching uh, area where you can still do something that you love, uh, but as you said, on the, as a coach and not on the playing field. Right. Uh, injuries are the killer of all athletics sometimes. Well, take us through, um, you know, I guess some recent history here. Um, you know, you uh, were coaching, you know, you're kind of getting that bug and then you got an opportunity to uh, become an assistant athletic director. Tell us how that happened. Yeah. So coming out of undergrad, I moved back to Cincinnati and um, was just working like a part-time job, really trying to find my niche in Cincinnati. Um, and I was able to um, start working with Cincinnati Public Schools in their district athletic office, um, you know, working with summer camps. Um, and then when the school started, school year started, that was over the summer. Um, when the school year started, I was able to work with their academic and athletic accountability pathway, um, assisting student athletes um, in their journey to playing collegiate sports. So um, that's including grade checks and working with the NCAA um, Eligibility Center. And then with that, I kind of transitioned into working at Western Hills High School. The AD needed some help. Um, that school, the athletic program is made up of two high schools that play under Western Hills High School. So he was struggling a little bit trying to manage home events for, you know, volleyball and soccer or volleyball and uh, yeah, soccer would happen on the same days and just needed an extra set of eyes and ears and hands to work um, and assist over there. So I started going over there and um, ended up staying the entire year um, and was able to really uh, get my hands started in the being in a high school and the actual athletic directing of um, an athletic department instead of kind of the oversee of the district like I was doing earlier on um, with Cincinnati Public Schools. Just a, a sounds like a very cool experience uh, at an entry level, you know, to, you know, see how things are operating district-wide as, as well as in the, the buildings. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about that, but uh, first, we always talk uh, in our profession about the importance of 
leadership and particularly mentoring. So I'm curious, uh, and I know you're still on the front end of your career, but who have been, you know, some of your mentors, you know, either, you know, maybe family members or teachers or coaches growing up, or maybe some people that you've worked for. Uh, the expression that I like to use is even at my uh, advanced age, uh, I still hear those voices in my head uh, from my mentors. So uh, whose voice do you still hear? Um, I have quite a few, but two that are very important to me. Um, my former coach, Herb Riley, he was my high school coach and then um, guided me into the select program that I was in. Um, and I still, to this day, um, he's a director of softball um, for a select group and I still coach with him sometimes. Um, and then also uh, coach uh, Julie Jones at the University of Akron. Um, I worked for years with her um, and was able to really meet her family personally as I nannied for um, their son when they were traveling and stuff. Um, so I just grew a great connection with her over the years. Um, and I still, I do still hear her voice in my head sometimes. <laughs> no, again, it, it's funny how uh, I'll run into, uh, you know, one of my uh, mentors at our uh, national conference or even our state conference sometimes. And, you know, still just as fiery, still just as, uh, you know, passionate and, uh, you know, always continues to give me a hard time, you know, <laughs> even uh, at my ripe old age. So uh, very cool to hear. Uh, Megan, one of the things that uh, we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices. And so uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Um, in your career as an athlete, in your young career as an assistant AD, and now as a college coach, um, what are some things that you have seen from an organizational level, either from a coach or even from an athletic director, that you look at and you go, wow, you know, that is really a best practice. Uh, you got a couple you can share with us? Uh, yeah, give me one second to think. Um, I mean, just over the years, there's been so many that I've been a part of. Um, I, I honestly would have to say the program that I played select softball with is the Cincinnati Reds Community Fund. Um, they have an RBI program, which is reviving baseball in inner cities. Um, so I played for them, um, and that's who Herb Riley still play, uh, works for, and I coached with them um, last summer. I was a coach for their 18U softball program, and I mean, they're just the top-notch, um, you know, encouraging their student-athletes to attend seminars, um, which include, um, you know, knowledge of getting into the high school, or I mean, into the college um, that they choose. Um, and then they also encourage their student athletes to uh, volunteer. I think they need like 15 to 20 um, volunteer hours before they're even allowed to play each season. Um, so, I mean, they have a few months to work for that. But I think, you know, volunteering and making yourself known in the community is um, a huge impact um, that no one can take away. Like, I remember my days um, being an athlete for the RBI program and working the Cincinnati Red, Red Legs Run or um, the Reds, uh, what is it called? The, their Winter uh, Fan Fest or whatever it's called. Um, I mean, those times um, getting to interact with people who support monetarily or just um, being supportive of the game 
um, I think that's incredible. Um, and I encourage everyone to get into the community service if they haven't already. Oh, absolutely. You know, getting involved uh, in those activities that are related to athletics, but stand on their own, you know, great bridge builders, great ways to uh, network and a great way to give back. I remember our youngest daughter, when she was in high school, was involved with um, an RBI program uh, in our area. So very cool to hear. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, we're recording this episode on April 27th. And so we're a little bit past that one year anniversary of COVID, um, you know, shutting everyone down. And um, Megan, I'm going to guess you uh, might have still been at the high school, uh, you know, a, a year ago as an assistant AD, and now you're coaching collegiately. So take our listeners through uh, what you all experienced uh, a year ago. And then now as a coach at Moorhead, how are you responding, not just with uh, return to play athletics, but also return to school. Uh, what's going on in your part of the country? So yeah, a year ago, I was still at the high school in Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, everything shut down quickly. <laughs> and um, I still worked over the summer to um, kind of build a return to play protocol for the high school, um, you know, doing the temperature checks and recording, um, you know, who was in attendance for um, monitoring purposes. Um, and then coming towards the start of the school year, um, the principal was unable to pay me any longer. So um, I unfortunately lost my job at the high school and was looking for something to continue my career in athletics. And I saw the, uh, what was actually at the time a graduate assistant position um, for Moorhead State University. Um, I had already started my graduate program, so I was hesitant with that, but I did apply and um, I was um, hired and kind of changed roles a little bit because I was already in a graduate program. They hired me as an assistant coach um, here at Moorhead State and the return to uh, play protocol um, in the fall when we started practice, everyone had to wear a mask at all at all times, no matter if it was 80 or 50 degrees. Um, so it was a little challenging sometimes in the heat, but um, with this season, we definitely had a lot of, um, a lot different experience. I remember from my college experience, um, the, you know, every week you were able to have a different roommate when traveling. And that was your way to get to know your teammates. Um, as freshmen or, you know, getting to know the freshmen coming in or different things like that. But unfortunately, we had to have a seating chart on the bus and roommates were the roommates back here on campus. So it was a little more, it's been very challenging this year to grow that, you know, that bond between our freshmen and our upperclassmen or our um, transfers coming in. Um, and we have pods right now and pod two um, for our team is all upperclassmen um, with I think one freshman, the way the rooming situation worked out where our pod one is all freshmen. And so they've kind of been together all year, but it's hard trying to break them out of their shell of freshmen and integrating them with some of the older and more experienced players. You know, now that uh, you and I were talking before we started recording, you know, your season is um, kind of winding down, you know, say the last quarter 
Um, what are some changes that you've noticed either procedurally or just, you know, with the, the various personalities on your team, players and coaches, from when you started in September to now in the spring? Um, you know, maybe what's, what's gotten better? What's been a challenge for you to have to deal with uh, in your role as an assistant coach? Um, we've actually had a very unique experience this year. We've lost five players um, since the start of our fall. Um, just wanting to, you know, kind of move on in their, um, either their career or their, um, education. Um, just, they're not feeling softball anymore. Um, kind of being burnt out with all the rules and mandates that, um, we have with COVID protocols. Um, but the people who are here, like, and even in the last, I would say since the start of, uh, April, Everyone who is here, even though we've had a COVID, uh, you know, a little shutdown for a week, they're improving day in, day in and day out. Um, I, I can't, I'm so excited for next year just because the freshmen, again, they've come out of their shell a little more towards, you know, while traveling, we've able, been able to spend a little more time together and just the flourishing personalities. Um, the experience that they're getting now being able to actually be on the same team with um, our one sole senior, um, but some of our older upperclassmen. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what's to come when they're sophomores and our sophomores move up a little bit, so. Oh, no, absolutely. That's one of the cool things about, you know, the, well, as a coach or as an AD is, is seeing players or coaches, you know, continue to get better and, uh, uh, improve during the time that they're under your care. Megan, another question I've been asking our guests this year uh, revolves around this uh, idea of social awareness, um, social justice. And, and my question is this, um, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? Um, what can we do better uh, with our students, our coaches, our communities? You know, how can we do a better job of being socially aware? Um, I think recognition, um, recognizing that there is social injustices. Um, working at Moorhead State is a very different social, um, social economy than I was working with uh, Western Hills High School. Um, so kind of going back to the high school times, as a young white woman working in high school athletics, and a school that was predominantly um, African-American or uh, I don't know, they came from <laughs> any type of uh, background. But I had a lot of people ask, why would I wanna be in a school that the kids don't look like me or how can I help because I'm white? Um, so just acknowledging that you are there to be supportive, um, just being a support or a listening ear um, knowing um, that there are injustices and uh, just trying to work with the people who are being, let me rephrase this, just working with people who, uh, you know, might not have the answers, but are working towards a goal of creating a welcoming environment for all people. 
No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, you know, creating those opportunities to have those conversations and dialogue, and then hopefully continue to move forward with them uh, in your setting, you know, definitely spot on information. Okay. Absolutely. Let me go and lighten things up here a little bit. Um, either um, your experience last year as an assistant AD or now as a, a big time college coach, um, what's some of your favorite things about your job? What gets you excited about coming to work each day? Um, definitely seeing my athletes um, at the high school every day. Like I would come in on Saturdays and Sundays just to see them practice, just seeing them smile, playing their um, playing their sport. Um, and still to this day, it's my athletes um, just being able to see them and talk with them about their day or how things are going. Um, I am kind of a little nerdy in like the organization and administrative tasks. So uh, that kind of is fun to me sometimes, which is weird and nerdy, but <laughs> um, it's always going to be my athletes that make this job. Um, and it's going to be sad when we have to say goodbye this uh, senior night this weekend or senior day, um, you know, knowing that they, I won't be able to see them next year and, you know, continue to grow those uh, relationships. Well, there's definitely that relational aspect of whether you're dealing with student athletes or as an ADD with coaches. Uh, but at the same time, there is a large degree of minutia that goes into coaching and being an AD, you know, schedules and rosters and eligibility and all that. So uh, uh, I don't know if I enjoy it, uh, but I know I'm good at it. And I'm sure you are, yeah. too. So uh, maybe, you know, you're you're glad that you're good at it so you don't dislike it so much. Absolutely. Well, Megan, this has been really cool uh, getting to know you. Um, excited for you and your team. And, and hopefully we can bring you back over to the dark side uh, as an athletic <laughs> director down the road. But we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you know, you lived this uh, piece. You were a young athletic director almost right out of college. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to send out uh, a colleague now on their first job as an AD, but I'm only going to allow you to put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Megan Davidson's athletic director toolbox? Um, definitely uh, the knowledge or the experience in being organized. Um, I don't think you can be very successful without being organized in anything you do. Um, a second piece would be um, just the ability to work a flexible schedule. Um, athletics in college, in high school, everything's always changing, especially now with COVID. Um, being able to stay flexible and kind of think on your feet. Um, with whatever may be coming at you at the moment. Um, that would be number two. Number three, uh, just having re uh, resources um, like this podcast, um, people that you can reach out to, professors, um, athletic directors that have been doing this for a long time. Um, I know the gentleman who hired me, Josh Harden, um, is now the um, athletics manager for Cincinnati Public Schools, but he was my athletic director in high school and remembered me 
um, because of the things that I did while I was in high school. So him hiring me was kind of coming full circle. And um, I always would know that I can lean back on him when I when the time comes, um, when I am an athletic director again, because I'm sure it will come. So coaching is not forever. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing. And, and just for your uh, uh, feedback here, um, organization, you know, being flexible, you know, having that network, uh, people you can connect to, all of those uh, have appeared very high on our list. Uh, we've had, well, I just got done compiling them this last weekend, and we had 475 responses from all of our ADs that we've interviewed. They each got to offer three, some offered four and five. Um, and so I, I can tell you as a young AD at the start of her career, okay, you've got some really, really good tools in your toolbox. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Megan, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and uh, pick your brain a little bit about uh, your experiences so far, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, you can uh, email me. Um, I'll give you my Moorhead email. Um, it's mdavidson3 at moorheadstate.edu. Okay. mdavidson3 at moorhead. Help me State. out. State. Moorheadstate.edu. Yeah. There you go. All right. And moorhead is spelled M-O-R-E-H-E-A-D. A lot of people want to spell more M-O-O-R. So it's a little different. Well, for those of you listening to the podcast right now, you can see it is M-O-R-E-H-E-A-D <laughs> state. Um, if uh, you're watching this on YouTube, okay, you'll have that visual. So thanks again. Megan, uh, all the best uh, moving forward. Stay in touch with us. You know, let us know how things are going. Uh, for our listeners, uh, as I just said, these Zoom interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. So take a look at those. Thanks for tuning in. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.